chapter 5, and that will be our lesson today, Romans chapter 5. Now, and the subject of this is God's warning label. God's warning label. And I picked Romans chapter 5 because this whole chapter tells us an important lesson about God's warning label. And we'll pick up in chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, chapter 4, Paul said that Abraham and others, they, they came to know God because of faith. They didn't just keep the law and do everything right. They, they had faith in God, and God counted that as righteousness. Remember that. So he says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So now because we have faith in God, we now stand hopeful for the glory of God himself. We're going to experience that, but not just that. He says in verse three, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Now, glory means to brag. It means to celebrate. It means to rejoice in something. Now, I don't know about you, but when I go through tribulations, which are trials of various kinds, I don't like them. It's hard for me to celebrate the trials of life. And you, you and I will agree on this. Uh, James said, count it all joy when you go into various trials. But it's, that's a command, but that's easier said than done. I guarantee you, if you've got a meeting to, to get somewhere and something goes wrong with your car or the traffic or something like this, you're not celebrating. <laughs> you might be saying other things. So you want to remi be reminded that God, through our faith in him, he grants us glory in the midst of our tribulations. It's an opportunity to have joy even though the world cannot have that joy. Now, as far as I'm concerned, that's a gift. <laughs> what kind of gift is that? When you go through a hard time and you can have joy, that is a true gift. And don't take that for granted. So Paul says, not only are we made right with God, not only are we gonna look and see all the glory of God, but we even have joy in our tribulations. That's what God promises. And we need to take that seriously because Instead of going this week and saying, everything's just going to be smooth, <laughs> everything's going to be perfect, I'm going to get all these good news, all these things are going to happen just the way I planned them. No, they may not, but it doesn't matter. You can have glory anyway, because no matter what you face, you have hope through Jesus Christ. And that's, that's a wonderful message, but let's continue. Not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance or endurance. So here's the benefit. The benefit of those bad things that happen to you, the breakdown of the machine, the, the uh, bill you didn't expect, the bill you didn't pay because you forgot, <laughs> the extra payments, the interest charge you didn't know, all these things. Listen, 
That's doing something for us. You and I can gain from it. So tribulation works endurance. We get stronger. We get stronger by it. And God did not put anything in our pathway that we can't handle with him. So he wants us to be strong, not weak. Then he says that perseverance in verse four produces basically character, approved character. And once you've got an approved character, once your character is solid, that's very important because you are going to be reliable. You're going to have some, you're, you're not going to be floating and, and, and bobbing up and down in the water like a float. You are literally going to be carving through the seas like a great ocean liner, and you're going to have some purpose to your life, and you're going to be stable. You're not going to capsize. So character is the stabilization of your life. And I don't think any of us want a life that's just going every which direction. And boy, sometimes it certainly feels like it, doesn't it? And character, once you get stabilized, once you have that life that is stable, that produces hope. And, and, and it's a good hope. It's not a blind hope. It's not a wishful hope. You know, I'm going to win the contest. I'm going to win the sweepstakes. That's, that's not the hope he's talking about. It's kind of hope that says, oh, I know things are going to be well. And he says here in verse five, now hope does not disappoint. A lot of people get disappointed. They, they hope their team's going to win the big game. They hope that they're going to be recognized at their school or their, their work, and it doesn't happen all the time. But the Bible says this hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. God's given us hope through the Holy Spirit. We love God and we love people because of the Holy Spirit of God given to us. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Think about that for a moment. Jesus died, not for the good guys, but for the ungodly. He died for those who didn't deserve him. Amazing. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. Paul says it's very rare for someone to give up their life for somebody who's good, but they will. Occasionally, you'll see somebody who gave their life to save their family, friends, their colleagues, their, their co-workers or soldiers that are with them in the platoon. That does happen, but it's rare. But he says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we didn't have it do anything right for God to die for us. Think about that. He, he did this great thing for us when we didn't deserve it and we weren't even looking for him. Much more then in verse nine, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Notice there's two things going on here. Jesus saved us in a sense that we are not going to be punished for our past sins through dying on the cross. However, he's also going to save us from the coming judgment and the wrath that's going to come on this earth. It's going to get bad. And we have all kinds of hints about it, even in our own day. But he's going to save us in the future. So he saved us from our past, but he also is going to save us from our future, the future of the world. That's a double blessing. Verse 10. For, in, for if, when we were enemies, 
We were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So we have here again, two things going on. We were made right with God, brought back together with God because of the death of Jesus. But now that we are with God, we're gonna be saved in the future by the life of Jesus. So he hasn't stopped his work in our benefit. If he loved us while we were enemies, how much more will he love us now that we're his friends? <laughs> he loves you more now than he did then. He loves you more now. Notice here, he says, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God, in verse 11, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. Now, Paul's going to get in here and explain our human condition. Adam sinned and death passed to everybody else. Even if the people didn't sin like Adam, you know, I don't know about you, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil I didn't even know what, it, what the color of the fruit looks like, okay? I didn't go to the Garden of Eden and break that rule. Neither did you. But we're still sinners. And everybody from Adam to Moses, before they even had the law given on, on Mount Sinai, they still died because, but sin was not imputed. They were not held to the same standards of, of things because they didn't know better. But nevertheless, they still paid with their lives because they had sin in them. Sin has passed on. Everybody who has Adam's nature have the results called death. But notice here in verse number 15, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. So just like disaster fell upon the whole human race because of Adam, glory and blessings are going to come upon many because of the one man, Jesus Christ. So God has balanced it out, and he will promise this to all of us. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. So the first human experiment with Adam was a failure in a sense that it led to the condemning of human beings. That's sad. And if you stay trying to just make your life better, trying to improve something that's already corrupt, you're not going to benefit from that because that's destined to fail. But the free gift, which came from many offenses, resulted in justification. One sin caused much judgment. However, we have all kinds of sins. As Christians, you and I have sinned, but we're made right through the action of one man. <laughs> one man made us right. We, we don't have to look at ourselves. We have to look at Jesus. He is the one who saved us. For if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, 
much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. This is a positive message. It's not a message to try to say, I'm gonna put you down. Uh, no, you and I, if we are living in, in our first ancestor, Adam, if we're living with his strength, we're gonna fail. But if we have the second Adam, we are going to succeed. Therefore, as through one man's offense, in verse 18, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. The law is God's warning label. And I read all this to get us to this point. Remember, the law is a warning label on life. It says, you're going the wrong way. Without the law, people don't know they're going the wrong way. And therefore, how are they gonna call upon the Lord if they don't know they're going the wrong way? They need to read the warning label. I recently purchased some soup. This soup was, had a red label in a red band across it. It said, spicy. Now, I kind of just kind of, you know, shake my head and don't think about that because I like a lot of hot pepper in my chili, for instance, or in whatever I've got. I put, a, I put extra pepper in it, okay? That's just the way I am. Doesn't bother me at all. Vicky always complains, you put too much pepper. Don't you complain about it, which is fine. It's your right. But I like it hot, right? Don't you like, I like it more hot than you, correct? She said, yes. Now, so I said, this is a major company. They just said spicy on it, some little Cajun food in there. And I'm sure that it's just going to be a little bit more spicy maybe than normal. But you know, if it's, if it's spicy chips, uh, I don't, it doesn't bother me. Nothing else bothers me. I've never had too much that bothered me. <laughs> so I cooked, I, I opened up the can, I put it in on the stove and it boils up, looks very good. Good, good old jambalaya, smells good. And, and I have my bowl, it's hot, I let it cool a little bit. I start eating, I eat about a third of it. It tastes really good, it's excellent. Still, some, but then something starts happening to me. My eyes are watering, my nose is dripping, my tongue, my mouth start hurting, and I can't get relief. Now I've invested too much in this bowl. I'm gonna eat this bowl. I'm too stubborn, I'm going to eat this bowl of Cajun spicy food. Well, boy, did I pay the price because I didn't believe the warning label. So finally, uh, I, I, I drank my ginger ale, but it didn't really help me too much. I did what they tell you to do when you have too much pepper, you uh, get milk. And I drank a whole glass of milk, that helped me a little. And then I had a whole bowl of cereal too because I needed something to relieve the pain because I didn't believe the warning label. So I can honestly say, if you wanna to come to me privately and say, which company makes this, I'll tell you, because when they say spicy, they mean it. They were serious. I didn't believe them. I think in this world, 
where sadly we have a whole generation that doesn't even know that there's a warning label. And if there is, they don't believe it. They don't believe it. They don't believe when God says you break these rules, bad things will happen. Absolutely. There's no, there's no compromise on it. The law is fixed. You and I can't just break the law and say, oh, everything's okay. No, the law doesn't compromise. And the warning label that God has put into the world is the law. Now, the law is revealed two ways. It's revealed in our moral consciences. We all have a moral conscience. It's also revealed in the Bible as the law. So we both we have two witnesses of the law in nature and in the Bible. And God introduced this law amazingly so that the offense might abound. That means God wanted people to realize how sinful they were. It actually reveals sin more. That seems contradictory. Why would God want to draw attention to all the bad, but the fact is, it's God's diagnosis. He wants us to see how bad we are. And so we can realize, like the song we heard, that we need to go home. We're not where we're supposed to be. We need to be where we are free. So the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So the more we have a sense of how sinful we are, the better we are in getting more grace. So I needed relief from that hot pepper because so therefore I had to have grace to come and solve the problem and I needed more of it. And so does God want to give you grace today. He doesn't want the sting of sin to hurt you forever. He wants you to be free of it and he wants to liberate you from it and to give you hope. That's what grace is. But we have today people who are so desensitized, they don't even have any sensibility whatsoever about right and wrong. And we wonder why kids today are so mixed up and why adults even are living their lives and have no idea what they even are. I mean, how insane is our world? The Bible said that those who, who hate wisdom love death. And we are living at times right now where our governments are trying to kill off people instead of save people. It's really sad. Suicides are going up. The, the drug and fentanyl abuse and people who are just getting hooked on this, it's killing them. It's killing them. People are not happy because they are afflicted by sin and nobody's told them the law that this is wrong. And so we say, well, anything goes, anything goes. No, it doesn't. Only the Lord shows the way. And if we don't have the law, we never know how bad we are. We need the law to reveal our problem so that we can have grace to solve it. In verse 21, so he says that grace abounded much more in verse 20, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He doesn't want us to be perpetual victims. He doesn't want us to be unguided. He doesn't want us to ignore the warning labels of life. He wants us to know the law is uncompromising and is against us. 
you and I have failed. But the good news is if we know our problem, we can go to Jesus and get it corrected. And we can be saved forever through nothing we have done except faith in him and trust in him. That's what God wants. And we need to follow him by not only having faith, but being baptized and obeying him every day. God wants that for each one of us. Unfortunately, in our world, God's warning label is not followed. People don't even know it exists, or they may scoff at it. Please, take seriously the law and what's right and wrong. And do not trust people who think that they are smarter than those who lived before. Because I tell you today, people are not smarter today than they were a thousand years ago. There were a lot of smart people back then too. Your intelligence is not what's saving you or condemning you. It is your faith in the Lord or lack thereof. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this chapter in Romans and thank you for revealing to us that you gave us a warning label. And I pray for you to help us so that we would walk, not trying to solve these issues on our own, but rather to depend upon you through faith. Thank you for these who are here today. And may you bless each person as they have heard the word of God. May it stick in their minds and may they seek to serve the one who paid the ultimate price so that we could live and have faith forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.